0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. This week we're talking about renewable energy in the home. That's pretty important and we're talking specifically about solar power. My guest is Phil Livingston, and he is the founder of Redback Technologies. Redback makes solar power systems for homes and businesses with a battery that's easy to use, that easily stores and monitors how much power you have and how much you're using. So, since starting the business, it's grown with significant investment from energy companies, overseas investors in China, and also government technology grants. I'm really keen to talk about how to stay ahead in such a competitive, massive industry, and where the future of solar power in Australia is going. So, plenty to talk about. Let's get into it. Phil, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you. Okay. I'm standing here talking to a fairly young bloke, in relative terms, to me anyway. (laughs) Um, He's got a business called Redback Technologies. Uh, This is solar power, but probably more importantly, battery. Um, Solar power has been for a long time, uh, but you obviously linked it up to a battery. I presume what you're doing is you're storing the the energy that's harvested off the roof or wherever it's harvested from and uh you're then either feeding it into the household or the business and then or anything excess putting it back on the grid is that right correct around the yep. right area yep okay and and you know batteries to me are a big game globally solar power doesn't really work well it's not efficient enough unless there's a battery to store it otherwise it's just a waste of bloody time i mean you 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 know you can harvest it but if you can't store it you have got to use it unless sure It doesn't make sense sure um so what tell me what your background is first. That was other words. How did you become involved in a solar power? power did you or did you were already was that already a given, and then you just went straight to batteries? Tell me about it.
1: Sure. So I mean, I I graduated uh, an undergraduate in in environmental uh, policy and a minor in environmental economics, and and after leaving school, um, I. Uh, found work to be hard getting in, into the job market. So I, I took a, a, a chorus. Um, it was basically putting in uh, small wind turbines um, up in Washington State um, on a little island called Guemis Island. And what are they? W- wind turbines. So, so. What so wind turbines, like oh, wind, wind turbines, okay, right? Yeah. said winter bins. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> wind it's my, turbines. It, it's my, it's my, it's my bad accent. There you go. So yeah, that was your American dealing accent, with it. There it. you go. Yeah. The Politicians can't get rid of it. Um, but uh, but fair enough. So um, and uh, we put in this this system um, really with like with no cranes or anything else like that um, for a family. Um, and I was up on top of this turbine um, installing uh, the nacelle on um, and had an epiphany and realized I wanted to be in renewables for the rest of my life. I went on to do the peace corps, um, us peace corps in the Philippines for two and a half years, putting in solar water pumping systems. And I've been in solar and or renewables ever since. Um, it's the power of kind of the, that, that, that enabling power of a decentralized access to energy that, that, that is quite interesting and, and is only becoming now, um, achievable for now homes to, to empower consumers you know, via solar and storage now, which, which only up until recently has become somewhat economically
0: viable. It's interesting for me. Like, I mean, I look at, <clears throat> excuse me, I look at energy systems and, you know, the, the, the striving to find different resources to fuel energy or to create energy. And the biggest nuclear reactor closest to us is the sun. And it and it sort of creates a lot of energy for us. Yeah. And, uh, Particularly here in this country, in Australia. Definitely. Um, and, and if you look at other countries around the world, like in the Arabic countries or the Middle Eastern countries, particularly in Israel, they're pretty smart around this sort of stuff. I mean, it's yeah. a, a great way to be more efficient in relation to your land, which, you know, is desert or in our case is sort of arid. Sure. We're the driest continent in the world. But then you think to yourself, well, why aren't we doing something a bit smarter with um, our, our outback? Mm. And now you know, where we are sort of situated on the globe, and in terms of, as I just said, the biggest nuclear reactor that's close by is the sun. It's kind so, of nice
1: having it that far away too. Right? Clo- so totally. You don't have to deal with waste issues uh, and stuff uh, like that. Just correct. It it's all contained. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, and it's sort <laughs> of, to me, it's sort of, if you think of it in those terms, it's sort of fairly logical. The question then becomes: Well, how do I harvest it? So, solar panels have been doing that for a long time. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they can become more efficient or whatever, but and cheaper. Um, so costs and efficiencies are important, but then you've got to store it. And, mm. and your game is storing the solar, the, the the power that's coming into the solar panel. Is that, is, that, is that the best way to describe it?
1: Yeah, pretty much, exactly. Yeah. You know, you've got um, solar. Uh, solar goes through an inverter and it goes from direct current into alternating current that we use in the grid. Um, one thing that's uh, incredible about solar and what's kind of been proven over the last you know, 10, 15 years, is that the commoditization of photovoltaic panels, of solar panels, because of a level of standardization in the industry has caused significant cost reduction, so much so that today, the lowest levelized cost of energy, the lowest cost of energy as far as from a generating source is either solar or wind. Is that right? Um, so, so it's now not a really a question of, I mean, so, I mean, take efficiencies aside, uh, you know, converting sunlight into electricity, it's a lot more efficient than, coal over millions of years forming from leaves forming from whatever if you take that cycle and you include end-to-end efficiency in the same way yeah completely. but but let's not go down that 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 rabbit hole um but but fundamentally um solar is a very low cost means of generating energy it's just unfortunate that the sun doesn't shine at night um so now the question is how do you provide a storage mechanism that that enables consumers to to consume that or while also creating storage functions, why not also enable smart control of appliances or devices in the home that match that solar window for your variable appliances so that those loads don't uh, consume at night, like a pool pump. Why yeah. not run a pool pump in the middle of the day, soak up some of that solar, that cheap solar energy rather than paying a, a retailer a high rate for it, um, and then um, you consume less at night because you're not running at that pool pump at night, and there's a lot of examples of that. And there's smarter appliances coming out, and that's kind of where we play. We like to be think of ourselves as kind of that, that that uh, the, the software wrap as well as the hardware that that does those things.
0: Okay, I, that that's important. So, um, so you've gone one step beyond the battery that storage of the power that's been harvested. You've gone another step forward, and that is uh, um, um, enterprise or some sort of s- software that's Um, designed to make the storage and usage of what you have stored much more efficient relative to appliances
1: i mean and that's that's one slice of it what we've done is um when we first got into the market we realized that software had the power of disintermediating or really um of um enabling new outcomes both from a of a demand response function in the home for this kind of consumption, as noted, um, or uh, more broadly in the grid for providing these kind of virtual power plants, linking these systems together and doing things. But we realized quickly that the only way to allow that to occur in a meaningful way was to, um, I mean, cost was not falling fast enough. We realized we had to- Cost um, of what? Cost of of hardware was not falling fast enough. So we realized we had to go end-to-end and, and potentially go in and actually build our own hardware as well as a means of, of enabling that cost reduction, that commoditization that we are seeing in the market.
0: When you say you hardware, well, you're talking about the storage unit?
1: Talking about the storage unit and, and, uh, and how the inverter and storage as far as an application is engineered. Because right now what you have is when you have a solar system go in, you have a battery go in, there's a lot of wires that need to be put in. Basically, every installation is like a custom job. And that takes a lot of time. And it means that there's a lot of materials and everything else, and all this slows systems down as far as being integrated, which increases cost. So we realized quickly that we needed to fix that, and that's what we did with our systems. So ex-
0: um, okay, so, so ex- let's say I've got, a, I have, I've got a farm in northern New South Wales, and let's say I want to um, put solar panels on my roof. Yep, And I got, you know, sheds with a lot of roof space. Yep, um, and I wanted to um, power my 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 home up. Yeah. And, and the shed, you know, for, for where, all, where all the guys do all the work. Um, are you saying to me that, can, can you, I mean, do you, if you're selling it to me, um, would it be, do you have to sell me the amortization process? In other words, you say, Mark, is going to cost you 10 grand, um, but, you know, you'll pick your 10 grand up over the next 10 years. I mean, how does it, how, how, how does it become feasible for me to do this?
1: Right. So, so, um, that ROI that you mentioned about 10 years, um, we think this year, that'll cross a threshold of about five years.
0: Right. So I'll recover so, my, my, my my upfront money in five years. We,
1: right now, it's not the case. Right now, it's more like six and a half. Right. But but we think that there'll be enough change in in market uh, to to bring it down to that kind of five-year territory in this calendar year.
0: And and what have you done? What has Redback done? Great name. I love it. It's very Australian. But what, is, what has Redback done? That makes it better than the, the the competition. So I mean, is it a, is it a neater fit? I mean, you said you built your own hardware, but is the whole thing neater, or is it just more intuitive? Is it a smarter device? Are the smarter devices is the software making it more efficient? Or and by the way, in terms of making it efficient, can anyone drive it? I mean, does it have to, or is it, or is it just drive itself? You just set and go. How does it work?
1: Yeah. So so um so inside the home um. Uh, look I mean so our system's outdoor rated it just goes in quickly installers can install it much more quickly than a normal system because no, that's not the battery though that's the battery and the inverter so
0: the battery is ruggedized right. outdoor
1: yeah it's outdoor yeah um outdoor rated and and fan controlled um right. So that you know we can uh, cool down the battery if we see any kind of thermal inertia yep. in there. So, but that being said, um, that's all outdoor rated, um, and um, and, it, and it integrates fast. And because of it, integra- it, it integrates fast, it means that installers can do more systems in a day. And doing more systems in a day means that they can amortize their business costs yep. across more which systems,
0: which means they should be able to deliver cheaper to make.
1: Correct. Yep. Correct. Um, and <clears throat> and obviously, it has a level of expanding battery sizes so that it can it can basically take care. So of how you use a battery? I'm sorry. How big is the battery feel? Like, I mean, because so, I mean, so some of the
0: batteries I've seen, they're huge. Um, oh no,
1: it's it's a, it's about the size. <clears throat> I mean, it's about um, about um, two meters, just under two meters tall, by about um, six sixty wide, by about
0: l- less than that deep. Right. So it's it's a it's a but it's a reasonable sized box.
1: It's a reasonable sized box, but but that includes the inverter and everything else inseparable components.
0: Right. Okay. And but it is outside, so it does not sort of take up some space inside it your house. It doesn't take space up in your garage. You don't, have, for example, don't right? have to build a comms room or something to put no, it into. <laughs> um uh, okay so so i get it so you, and this thing sits outside of your your shed or does it have to uh, is there a distance between how far the the hardware the 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 storage and the, the sorry the uh, yeah, the storage unit or the battery unit and the inverter does it have a is there a ratio between how far it's got to sit Relative to the uh, solar panels? No, no I not really. I mean, so you put it anyway?
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, but but you do. I mean, if you do connect solar to it, then you wanted to have it, you know, relatively close to your roof.
0: It just depends I was,
1: on your wire sizing, right? And that's that's more of an installation calculation as far as how to do that right, in the most okay. efficient way. Right,
0: that's about yeah. efficiency then. It is, yeah. 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 So, so because as the energy transfers from the solar panel to the inverter, yep, is there a depletion?
1: Oh, there would be. Um, Depending on how far, I mean, and this is DC. DC depletes um, with resistance and wire, so you set wire size your, your 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 wire. But that that's these calculations are all done by installers really well these days, right? Um, because so many systems have gone in, right? I mean, you've got you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of systems in, right? You've got basically twenty percent of housing stock having or. Uh, detachable housing stock having solar panels on them. So, I mean,
0: is that right? Today, yes, today, yeah. So, is um, that new, new, new starts, new housing?
1: Th- I and mean, that's just, just that's stock. That's just stock. stock, yeah.
0: So, in Australia, 20% of housing stock has Has solar. Really, yeah. Wow, yeah. I had no idea.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, we actually have, um, arguably the largest, um, solar, uh, um, How's it, and for this small-scale systems, i like call it under, under 10 kilowatts, we've got the most systems, more than Germany, for example, on, on rooftops. Um, mm. So, I mean, when I say that, I mean like up per capita.
0: Yeah, per right. capita, right. as a percentage right. of the, the total population. Right. Yeah, so in other words, right. we're taking it up. Right. Well, um, and bit of which, those- Which is
1: often <clears throat> Australians are like, oh, why aren't we doing more? But I mean, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the speed of integration now into commercial premises, for example, is ridiculous. So, is So, I mean, because again- it is the lowest cost of generation in the middle of the day. So businesses do well by consuming it. So okay.
0: when I'm sitting here talking to you, you know, I, I get it. You know, I've sort of got, got a general idea of how it all works. Yep. But I'm looking at you and I'm thinking to myself, how did this guy get it? I, mean, I know you told me he had an epiphany <laughs> stand up on top of something in Washington, and you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, he just... You, know, you can have. We all have epiphanies, and people doing it every day of their life. But that doesn't mean they go and do something about it. Um, how yeah. is it? You went to do something about this. I mean, how did you all of a sudden arrive in? It's Queensland You're from Queensland. No, so no. so
1: originally from the states. Um, no, but I mean, no, yeah. No, but yeah. how did you how you arrive <laughs> in Australia to do it? Yeah, so I I came to do a, a master's degree in renewable energy at Murdoch University. Right. And uh, I mean, it was Germany or Australia, and Australia was warmer. So. Yep. It just seemed like the rational choice, oh, well, especially
0: when you talking about renewable.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and it was great. Um, but again, back then, um, renewables didn't really pencil out. But you know, there's a you know, how long ago are we talking about uh, two thousand seven.
0: Right, not that long ago. Not long, that 10, long ago. 11 years. Yeah, exactly. And, and you and you decided I'm going to go and do a master's degree in renewable energy. And yeah. um, but did you think you're going to do something like this? Was it with a view to doing something, or was it just out of interest, curiosity?
1: So after the Peace Corps, I came directly out into the solar market. I realized that's what I wanted to do. I really enjoyed putting solar- Well, what does that mean you went into the solar and,
0: market? Tell so, me what that means.
1: Right, so I, I went and worked for a not-for-profit that trains about one out of every three US solar contractors um, called Solar Energy International. Where, at, where? Uh, in Carbondale, Colorado. Right. Um, uh, just in the Rockies, uh, just uh, about three hours um, west of, um, uh what's Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, uh, and while I was there, um, uh, I helped them build an online program that they were doing their classes and they were doing them face-to-face and I, I helped raise some money from various foundations to get them some funding to do online programs and that's now the bulk of their income that they do there. But in the process, I was getting trained um, in how to integrate systems and the like um, and, uh, and really enjoyed that process as well. I then worked in California as a solar installer for about six months.
0: So you worked on the tools?
1: Worked on the tools, and got, and got familiar with it and realized quickly that in order to kind of get to a higher position, I would need a, a higher level degree. And there weren't many available and there were none really in the States. There was an arts degree in, in Appalachia State, which is on the East Coast, uh, Southeast. Um, but that was an arts degree. So it didn't seem like it, you know, it wasn't a science-based degree. So I realized, okay, well, I'd have to either go to Germany or Australia. So, you know, you know, you got to follow your passions, right? And is, and is
0: it is it Australia like considered one of the... Uh, countries in an education sense, that's uh, sort of up there in terms of this in so- the science of solar.
1: I think I think back then definitely. I think today probably UNSW leads that spot as well in in the standpoint of UNSW um,
0: here in Kensington.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, but from the standpoint of um of photovoltaic cell research, um, but now that solar is such a big topic and renewables are such a big topic, now there's degrees everywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah. But back then it was, uh, yeah. But not, that's a not pretty so.
0: rapid change in ten years. Yes. So you yeah. so you you lob into uh, sorry where was it Murdoch where, where's yeah, Murdoch so, now Murdoch uh, is Perth, Perth. So, so you, you lob in, in Perth yeah lived there um, for
1: seven years did my first there, seven, did, did yeah. my first startup yeah. I, seriously cannot get rid of the accent no no I get sounds it. like it, fresh off the boat and, yeah, yeah, exactly fob.
0: So, um, yeah. yeah so like, but but you arrived in Perth and you started doing your degree in Murdoch yeah. um, and did you do another startup before Redback
1: uh, yeah so I, my first one was <laughs> a, a company called Sungrid which was um, uh, basically providing uh, Solar panels at at the time um, a, a one kilowatt, which is a very small system, cost about nine thousand dollars in in Western Australia, um, and we came to market um, with a, a direct from China model um, and got that cost down initially to about thirty five hundred dollars for a kilowatt, and then brought it down to about twenty two hundred dollars for a was kilowatt.
0: Was that because you, was that because you're getting them built in China? Or was it because of the technology that you're building with?
1: It's because there was a there was basically like a cartel of. Uh, kind of distributors at the time that would only deal with a certain volume of installers and the installers only deal with the distributors. So we had to break through. So we had to build two models. We had to build a model for distribution. We had to build a model for integration. And we had to do both of those at the same time um, so that we could basically cut right through and then provide a price point that would be more acceptable to consumers. And we significantly grew the market in WA and began selling nationally and did quite well for a number of years there before we sold the vehicle.
0: You sold you sold out, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And so, okay, so you, when did you sell out of that business? Uh,
1: I think twenty thirteen. Twenty yeah. thirteen. So four five it's like years January ago. January twenty
0: thirteen. Yeah. So about five years ago, and yeah. then then how did you get into Redback? Tell me what happened.
1: So I, I worked in another kind of a small retailer um, in Sydney called Go Energy. It was a, a so you've group, gone from Perth to Sydney to Sydney. The company that one of the companies that bought a portion of that of Sungrid was here and I and I helped them for a period of time and at the same time I was writing this business plan and um, this and business plan being the right being right back. back yeah, yeah. and uh, it took took a while to write it and then I kind of got to a point where I realized that um, that I had enough kind of mates that were in the space that I could make it work um, but it needed a contract or two to like to basically enable it so I um, I needed basically a hardware provider that would believe in the model. Um, so I went to China, I tried to get money locally and had no luck. So, um, I went to China and met with some of these inverter manufacturers that are building some of these technologies. And I, and, uh, one of those companies, a company by the name of Goodwe, uh, which is about fourth largest inverter manufacturer in China for this kind of small scale type inverter, third to fourth in that range, um, growing quite well these days. Um, I, I went to them and I said, look, um, I've got this business model, um, if you think that you can execute it, proceed. Take, take, take the business model and run with it. Um, but, um, but if 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 you think that it's investable, then um, uh, I'd like sixty um, percent. I'll give you a sixty percent share, basically, in the business, in exchange um, for um, uh, an initial amount of money of about one point two million dollars. Condensing, it was over two raises, but basically that was a number. And then I raised eight hundred thousand from a range of sophisticated Australian investors. To go in so on the basis of that, getting a license to this. Okay, let's go back a step because yeah, yeah.
0: people love to hear this sort of stuff. So, yeah, sure. so you've got you got a business plan. Yep. Yeah. And it's based on a whole lot of experiences you have. Correct. And the business plan. Um, what did the business plan say? I mean, like, it's all very well. They're just two words: business plan. Yeah. Know, for people listening, that obviously that doesn't do it justice. What does your business plan say? Just so tell me through it it.
1: it. it discussed the need for.
0: Showed the demand?
1: for, for Well, it, it did show the demand, but I think it also, in that kind of early stage, it showed that um, that cost reduction in the market would follow a, a, um, the, the commoditization curve of batteries getting low enough cost on its own to bring an economically viable integration. Um, and, um, and that there was another way by changing architecture slightly to, to make it happen more quickly. Um, but that it needed to be an end-to-end function and also that these this low-cost system that would be integrated would form a building block and that building block would build the grid of the future effectively because um, you know with with these low cost commoditized functions as long as they're intelligent gives you the ability of of actually disintermediating the existing um, commanding heights, if you will um, in, in the energy Phil, industry.
0: Phil, you just lost every potential Sorry. investor. Sorry. So I want you sure. it, because because that's too intelligent. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Break it down for me. Okay. I want you to really break it down for sure. me. Sure. So let's not so, use so, so, let's so, not use difficult language. So your, your your, your
1: system, right? Yep. Your system on your home. Yeah. Right. Your system on your home. Over time, as batteries become cheaper, you'll consume more and more energy from your own system, and with a level of intelligence with your devices you might get up to 85 to 90% self consumption relatively quickly.
0: When right? you say the level of intelligence of my devices you mean driving with my uh, smart device or you mean the level of intelligence embedded in the um, machine that i buy.
1: And the machine that you buy right. to control your hot water and right. these other related okay. functions with the app and the cloud and all that. Yeah. Right? Okay. All that. Yeah. So so that that all firstly in your home getting to that level of self consumption means now if you are consuming 85% of your energy from your own roof or more then why do we need centralized generation anymore? Mm. And if you're doing that, then why aren't we leveraging you and your thousand neighbors mm. and creating a mechanism that the net consumption from a distribution transformer so sell, is zero? Sell,
0: so sell AGL, s- s- sell share, so you sa- shares an AGL, and uh, I'm not
1: making any comments. Nah.
0: <laughs> but no, but what you're saying to me here is that you no, know, what you're saying is here is uh you c- is create an ecosystem. Yes uh sometime in the future, yeah, um, you're predicting that everyone in uh, the, the suburb of Bondi Beach, Bondi, every home um, could all form their own grid and actually, you know, because some people might use more and some people might use less, but given that you, your smart devices allow you to control the most efficient use, assuming mm. everyone uses them, mm. Um then you can actually power perhaps a whole of Bondi without them ever having to go back to the uh, the traditional sources of energy.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. But let's change Bondi because there's some big homes and some yeah. small roofs. So yeah. let's let's, let's go to Bondi Campbelltown for, for, for like a, a more fringe of grid location. Yeah. But yes,
0: let's go to Campbelltown where there's lots of houses. And, okay, okay. And uh, but in theory, yes, that, that's what you're saying. Yep. and and that was in your business plan. Yes, and uh, but what you but for that to happen. You needed to achieve a couple of things, right? So, what we needed were the to achieve you needed a, to achieve? A
1: return on investment that allowed for a, a payback of, of under, the consumer. Yes, of under yeah. five years.
0: So, you, so you knew what the sensitivity, uh, some sort of analysis, yep. sensitivity analysis, or yep. told you that a consumer will not pay the five thousand or whatever the amount of money is yep. unless they could get it back under five years. Correct. How'd you work that out?
1: Because in 2012, we had the biggest uptick of solar because of a subsidy, the STCs, these small scale certificates that we're trading. There was a this is complicated and there's no other way to slice it, right? Yep. So there was basically a five time multiplier on these certificates. And what that meant was that the subsidy getting from the government allowed for a five-year ROI for just an average solar system, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw an explosion of demand.
0: So what you just said is that with the government providing subsidies, the Australian government, the federal government was providing subsidies yep. to people who bought solar systems, solar mm. power systems, Yep. Um, it sort of indicated that people would buy these things, big demand if they could get... These types of ROIs. They, right. they could get a return on their investment yep. uh, over five years. In other words they could start after five years got their money back
1: correct and 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 this is evidence in other other words electricity after
0: that uh, power after that was free after that for a period of time correct so
1: until they replace their inverter but even then that's such a small cost in the overall system that you know it would it's a a net win for the consumer so
0: you knew from your experience and from data that came out of 2012 irrespective of what the initiatives were, whether it was federal government pumping money to this thing or not, Correct. that if you get the cost of this down so that people could get a return on their investment, in other words, they get their money back over a five-year period, yep, um, they would buy this stuff. Correct. So you had to work out a way to make it, to make it all cheaper. Correct. What did you do?
1: So – it, right along the line of what we spoke about we we made adjustments in hardware to allow it to be integrated faster one of the things that we noticed how did you
0: do it though how did you do that i mean you're you're not an engineer um what did you do get a couple of engineers i mean how did you draw this how did how do you conceive all these ideas
1: it's just i mean i think that you know when you are in a market enough and you've been on the tools and you know the pain in in, in the field to a certain degree you you conceptualize how to do it more quickly. And you, you try to build an ecosystem around you of people who are intelligent, um, who, you know, who, who aid you in that process. Um, and then you just, you create. What sort of experts you get, Phil? So we got a, a guy who, um, was the, the founder of a company called Outback Power, which, um, which, which in the States is a, like one of the top three, um, largest off-grid inverter manufacturers. And they were known at the time, uh, Back when I was actually working at SEI, as noted before in in Colorado, as really one of the predominant experts in this field. Um, And his name was Christopher Fridas, and we got him in um, to basically be our CTO and to help us in conceptualizing how to implement these related systems. Um, uh, We then got um, a mate of mine, um, Paul Liddell, who uh, became our CIO, um, and he... um, he was ten years Microsoft in Redmond, Washington, so knew kind of their stack and how to implement um, software in the cloud and and make that kind of uh, beautiful. Um, and uh, and so between the three of us, we we conceptualize a lot of things, a lot of really bad ideas, and a lot of pretty good ideas, and some okay ideas, and the good ones stuck, and the other ones that weren't weren't ready for prime time yet because of market dynamics were put on the shelf and. This is what you constantly do as an entrepreneur. You pivot. You know, mm. you, you constantly yep. adjust and pivot and 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 try to um, create mechanisms that work. Our first generation product was okay. Um, it didn't really meet the requirement um, of allowing for a fast integration because we were making components that were too heavy. So we had to then go back to the drawing board for the Gen Two and think about how to do that. Now the Gen Two is out and and installers are enjoying it a bit more. Um, so you
0: took this, but these the, 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 you and the other two guys yep. built the business plan. Yep. and you and all your concepts.
1: So the business, so the initial business plan of the idea of how we would get to a position, I wrote. But then when we started filling in that business plan after getting that initial interest yep. from the Chinese. Chinese investors, yep. um, that's that's kind of how it, it went forward. Okay, so the yeah. money that
0: came from the Chinese investors, you guys used that to build out your prototypes. Correct. And so prototype one,
1: prototype one was uh, a system that um we sold uh, over a thousand of. Um, and and did pretty well in market um enabled us to kind of bed down our software and our our, our cloud um, enabled us getting energy australia on board as a as an investor um and uh and that really kind of then gave us the 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 oxygen to to build gen 2 right so um, where, with a lot where, of the learnings
0: so where are you up to in terms of iterations of um the whole product, as opposed so, so to
1: Gen two, was released uh, late last year. Right, um, and uh, we're we're we con- we continue to iterate.
0: And what do you do with Gen one? If I bought a Gen one from you, what yep. do, you all got Gen two out there. What what is it? Is it a simple upgrade, or in other words, is Gen one is it called? Is Gen one Gen one ready for Gen two? <laughs> like
1: Gen, Gen one and Gen two are, are, are quite ch- similar from an architecture standpoint um, of of the the chipsets, if you will. But Gen two is just easier to install. Right, and by it being easier to install, it's lower cost to integrate. Yeah. So it's right. just cheaper. That's all correct. And
0: then, and then I, I presume because I'm going to go to the breaking sec, but I presume what you're doing is you're continually upgrading. I presume um, remotely the software. Yep. Yep. So you, you. So I enter into a license, a software license with you to. Um... It's included in the upfront price. Yeah. Okay. But right. I entered into one yeah. Yep. and 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 then what you do is you just keep upgrading it for me, just like it would you would. I would, ha- would happen to me if I was on a Microsoft operating system, yeah? Correct. And do you use Microsoft? We do. Yeah, okay. So you use a stack out of from Microsoft? Everything
1: with yeah. you from our CRM <clears throat> right through everything is built in Microsoft.
0: Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Okay, well, that sort of makes sense too because it sort of keeps it nice and cheap and simple, Correct. relatively speaking. Yep. Unless you don't know nothing about tech. It's not simple, <laughs> but it's relatively simple if, it's, if you know something about tech. So, okay, got that. So I just want to go to break. I want to come back because it, it's a bit complex, this stuff, but – there's it's a massive demand industry. There's incredible amount of supply of the the, the the natural resource, which is just not being harvested enough, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and the concept is simple, but it's difficult in its execution. But it's simple in a conceptual sense. Yes. And I want to talk to you about how you then you raise 1.2 million dollars that you do the deal. Mm-hmm. Did they put 1.2 million dollars in yeah. over over time? Um, yep. You're rolling it out. Um, I want to talk to you about how you got. Energy Australia involved. I want to talk to you how you went about raising any more money because mm-hmm. you've raised more money as I can see from the brief later on. Yep. Um, and where to from here? Um, so I'll come back to you after the break when I have a chat. Great. So this is fascinating for me. Um, you know, you are... Uh, you know, if I was to draw a picture of you um, to the people who are listening, because this is a listen as opposed to a see, um, this is a guy. This guy is a young bloke. He's uh, very conservative in his in his dress. I can <laughs> see behind those glasses that the brain's ticking at about a thousand miles an hour. He knows his shit. He knows what he's doing. He's um, Trying to control himself because I just know that he's so bloody excited and passionate about what he's talking about, <laughs> but he's trying to hold it all in and good on him. He's He's got a good business, got a good business. It's highly sought after and should be by Australians and anybody in the rest of the world. This is something that potentially could be globalized too, I think. I mean, this has global applications if he gets it right. Um, he's on a, a wave. It's a sort of popular area. Um, not many people have actually cracked it yet. And uh, he sounds like he's got good partners or good people in the business with him. I want to just go back to where we were. We, Phil just told us a little while ago that he raised $1.2 million from, from some Chinese investors. But these are Chinese investors who could add value as well. Correct. So how important it is to have investors who who over and above them just dumping money into it actually participate in the process?
1: Um. I, I kind of only know it in that way except for our most recent raise and I, I so I don't really have a lot of experience with investors even in my previous startups that weren't somehow strategically involved um, but but I think that doing so means that you basically every win that you get is a win for everyone which is a good one um, it does it does somehow uh, in some ways kind of um, uh Tie you down though in how you pivot, um, but that's that's okay if you consider if you're considered in your approach of selecting those investors in the first place. Yeah. So and, um, and, and
0: they've been good for you too. Haven't they have been really yeah. good, all yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Or, and and what about your? You said you raised eight hundred thousand too from yeah. family friends or just so, other so, investors.
1: So the 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 business that I was working at at Go Energy, I actually showed them the business plan as well, and I said if I could land the money in China, would they put in? You know, would they match out, and and they said yes.
0: So, so in other words, you went to the Go Energy people and said, yep. if I can get an anchor, yep, which is your Chinese would investor, you and they said yes. How important yep. was it to them that the first investor, the anchor investor, the Chinese investor, was um, an industry style investor who could add value to it? I think but it was. was t- is it a comfort thing? I mean,
1: yeah, m- maybe to a certain extent. I think I think that when you kind of talk about these things, sometimes uh, when you are. Exposing or espousing kind of your belief of how the future could unfold, you're sometimes seen as a heretic, um, right? So having um, having the ability of solidifying that with a partner that has scale and has your has the ability of achieving scale with you is important
0: yeah you well know? and, and, and you just said something really important I mean i, I i'm probably not going to call it heretic let's call it a visionary sure um it, it's probably a kind of word but you know you can be you, you can get pasted by some as a heretic yes. others will call you the, the visionary and they're the ones that will be your investors yeah um how important is it to sell the vision and how far does the vision go I mean do you talk about changing people's lives or changing the world or, or, I mean, and where do you stop? uh, Because after which, if you don't stop there, after which you do you know that people will start to think this guy's mad? What do you use in terms of your intuition or do you just go for it?
1: (laughs) Um, I I think you need to be um, measured um, and, and recognize that people are coming in as an investment because they want to make money out of it. Um, People might have sideline intentions of wanting to do things for, altruistic reasons but in business it's it's about shareholder value predominantly right so right um and that's that's kind of what you have to you know and i mean i am green motivated but being too passionate about something clouds your judgment as well so you need to be somehow measured in how you approach the market
0: so when you're espousing your vision it's more of a commercial vision if you're talking investors correct and you restrain your um your you know your moral vision or your ethical vision because it could get in the way of the commercial vision.
1: Yeah, I mean or or even ex- you restrain the level of excitement that you have when you're building things because, you know, if you make being an entrepreneur a career choice, then the ups and downs um, you you celebrate ups less and 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 get worried about downs less as long as the mean is increasing. Yeah, right, so. as long as your trajectory is growing, because yes. so in other words, exercise constraint
0: on both ends. Correct. You yeah.
1: have to, otherwise, it becomes a bipolar experience. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah.
1: which it it would be anyway, right? Yeah,
0: so. well, probably is anyway yeah. inside your head. Yeah, um, but you just don't express <laughs> it. No, but you just don't express. It. I know what it's like. You just okay, don't, yeah, you just don't let anyone yeah. see it.
1: Sure, sure, because
0: they get either overexcited, right. expect too much or they get really pissed off because yeah. you just tell them all the bad stuff right. and they're going to run away. So sure. either way, it's no good. And I think you, we're, caught, we're
1: all caught doing it at times as well, but you need to kind of – you need to always pull yourself back.
0: So really what you're saying is whilst you can have your own bipolar experience and mm. me, I'm the same as an entrepreneur, um, really what you got to do is manage the expectations of everybody else within this sort of much tighter limits. True. And you're sort of bringing them through. So. Yeah. When you're talking to, and this is something I think audiences need to hear, when you're talking to the potential investors before they invest and equally after they invest, you've got to take them on the journey, sure. and and it's a it's a tight journey in terms of the ups and downs, but they accept there's going to be ups and downs. You've got to tell them the downs as much as the ups mm-hmm. but don't b- build expectations too much, just manage them on the way through. That's quite a difficult task.
1: but but also it, it needs to be done at the same time as providing transparency so it's it's not about um not showing weakness or strength um but it's about kind of making sure that they understand the risks as much as possible as well through the process um um and also understand the solutions that you're devising to to mitigate those risks
0: yeah so they've got got to have confidence when there is something that's not going to plan. That you know you've got a you've got a way of solving it, or you're, you're at least it may not be a way of solving it. But you've got a way of addressing it, correct. And that they would hope to be, you can solve it, correct. But at the same time, something's going brilliantly well. You don't overreact it, correct. And I think and I, that's how you keep your investors. Mm. They don't trade you out, mm. which is important. And that's how you attract new investors because if the new investors are coming in, the old investors are staying in, they like that. Yeah, they that's that's confidence for them. Mm. And so let's look at Energy Australia. Yeah. Uh, how did you get Ener- energy Australia involved in this business?
1: So it was, it was really the first time that I mean cuz the the Chinese actually came in relatively quickly and it set a probably an unrealistic expectation that that's how long transactions take for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, exactly, for me. Yes. Um, so it took uh, it took about 10 months and and uh, and went through a bunch of uh, of steps. Um, but I think that it makes sense because if if consumers are empowered and are continually consuming a greater percentage of their own energy, it does to a certain extent call into question, what's the value of a retailer, mm. right? So, uh, and and what it does is it changes the model of what a retailer needs to be. Yeah. So a new retailer uh, needs to be more involved in consumer's experience more broadly with products and services maybe than just merely retail. And, yep. and, and in other words,
0: instead of just selling them energy, sell them the things that get the energy, correct? Or harvest or, energy and store the energy, or
1: whatever, whatever they, however <clears throat> they can create that long-lasting uh, customer experience. Yep. I mean, um, there's a lot. I mean, just as much as solar is going in, one thing that's really great that's going to happen in the next few years as well is that vehicles will be electrified, and that will actually cause a greater demand on the grid as mm-hmm. well. So, so there is that. Um, but um, but yeah, with this changing grid, it makes sense that. And Energy Australia is investing in um, understanding how that market will change and having a bit of forward insight as far as where that goes.
0: Okay. And, and I know banks are doing this in fintech. So, you know, banks, fintech could be the biggest threat to the banks that there is, but the banks sort of take the view that uh, they'd rather invest in some of these, they, they cherry pick, but they invest in some of these fintechs because if the fintech's going to take them down, they might as well own the fintech to have the ability to to take a bigger percentage of the FinTech or at least know what the FinTech's doing. Correct. So it's a a form of um, intelligence gathering. Yep. And equally, it's a a hedge. Yep. It's a two-way, it's a a bet on where things are going to go. Yep. And they're always, and that makes sense in terms of energy too. So it makes sense that Energy Australia would invest in something like you Hmm. um, because at the end of the day, it's, You've got to, if you can't sit back, and I have saw this happen in my own industry, in the financial industry many, many years ago. The banks, when My Business Wizard was up and running, they said, these guys never succeed. We'll wait for them to fail. That's not the, the attitude the banks have today. Um, and the big organisations who, the oligopolists, mm. the people who control markets, mm. like energy companies or banks or even Woolworths. I mean, Woolworths, I see them out buying things like About Life and uh, all these smaller people who are taking part of their market share. If someone's not nibbling your market share, go and invest in them. Mm. That's that's a sort of a new strategy now, mm. and that's a good investor for you mm. because they they have to be part of what you're doing. They're not doing just to have a look. Mm. You'll get them engaged, and yep. they know a lot of stuff they're, about power yep. and electricity and harvesting and their consumers. They know a lot, probably a lot more than all of us do. Mm. And all of a sudden, they're then compelled. It's it's a good ecosystem because they they're then compelled to share that with you. Mm. As because they want their investment to go up in value. They Correct. want you to succeed. Correct. They're not investing in you to fail. That's right. If you fail, it probably doesn't matter that much because it's only a small amount of money. But, mm. but really, they're looking for the upside. Mm. And a lot of times they say to you, can we put someone on your board or put, put someone yep. in an advisory vault? Yep. Did that happen to you? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. So again, you've got a, 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 an invested, not only an investor, but an invested partner yes. in the business. Correct. Then did you raise? Did, you ra- did I read the report? You raised another ten million. Yes. Is that part? Did Energy Australia participate in that, or you raised ten million after that?
1: We raised ten million after that, and we restricted um, having more money come from EA at the time because we wanted to keep percentages, um, basically not having a, an uh, an overwhelmingly large yeah. investor. If well, because
0: that has scared a lot of other investors off, Correct. perhaps. Because I mean, and I just want to share with people listening to this: if you have. A massive organisation who has a big percentage of a business, you don't want to. I, someone like me, I don't want to go and invest in that business after they've come in and have a bigger share. They have a big share because ultimately, if I want to sell my share, no other big organisation is going to come in with a big. Another big organisation already there with their foot on it, mm. um, because the only real buyer ultimately would be would be the big organisation who's already in there. So that you sort of limit your market as an investor. So what you've done is smart. Um, you allow so you've brought a whole lot of other smaller investors in. The the ten million. What did you? How did you raise that? So we brought the Clean Energy Finance Corporation in, mm-hmm. which is a government
1: uh, yep. entity, um, and uh, and then um, we also brought in Right Click Capital, which is a, a small um, uh, investor um, part of uh, the Draper uh, Group, which is a a, a group of. Uh, investors that uh basically i might be getting this wrong but tim draper from silicon valley has a, a just a network around the world yep, of yep. different of, of different vcs and this is a, a member of that group so it gives right. us the ability of kind of as we scale the ability of then tapping other investors in other markets on the shoulder and and getting access so when you went
0: to these organizations these, these investors did you use a, a person to do it for you or did you go to them yourself
1: um, we, we, we worked with uh, Ernst and Young in yep. the process, yep. but we did much of the legwork
0: ourselves. But did Ernst and Young give you the, the, um, the, the structures or the proformers or what, what you should fill out in order to take to these investors? Because they know their investors quite well. The,
1: the, the, first time with EA they did, but the second time we, we developed our own kit.
0: Right. So, yeah. So we, they, we, did you we, road we shows? they take you around roadshows. Um, Ernst Young here or overseas? Uh, here. Yeah.
1: Um, Sydney, but, but, um, yeah, so we we did some roadshows. Um, uh, we ended up landing um, CFC ourselves, and and then we uh, and they helped us bring Right Click on board.
0: Right. Okay. Yep. So yeah. So they took you to Silicon Valley. Oh to, no, 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 no. We didn't. We
1: didn't go overseas. Oh, we so, we, we, so we so did, we did here. is right here. Correct. Right. Yep. Okay.
0: But the, but did you say they are uh, Silicon Valley? Yeah. So VCs. they're
1: they're connected to this network of uh, of VCs um, called the Draper. The Draper Network, basically. right? Okay.
0: So right. So okay, and it
1: gives <coughs> us that access, but but obviously they're based here.
0: No. So the interesting thing is here, you've diluted yourself on a number of occasions. Your 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 position diluted because you're raising money. A lot of people don't like doing that.
1: Well, I mean, so so initially, having run two other startups, um, you get to this point and you'd be diluted out significantly. So when starting, how I actually got. So going back to China, right, the, the um, uh, Goodwee and the Australian investors on board, one group had 60%, the other yep. group had 40%. So where's our shares, yep. right? Well, I, I did it, uh, basically created a, a management contract for myself and my other managers um, to have a non-dilutive stake in the business for a period of time as I grew the business. And uh, they had no loss because if I didn't perform, they could give me no shares. Mm-hmm. They could just take the company, the concept, walk with it, happy days. But you know, within a year, they gave us the shares. Right. Okay. So because we were succeeding and doing well by it, and we we maintained that kind of management contract through each of these raises. Right. Um. So that's kind of what what we've implemented. Because at the end of the day, we would be diluted down to this level anyway. Now. Yep. And in the future, and it made sense to to make this happen quickly. We had to pay it forward. Yep. Because otherwise, um, it would be impossible to gain that trust so quickly. Um, especially with Chinese investors that are crossing cultures and stuff like that. So so building that trust quickly meant that we had to back ourselves.
0: And on each occasion, did you raise money at a higher value? Yes. Okay, so the Chinese would have been happy about that. Correct. Because, I mean, they're getting less diluted. Yep. I mean, they're not getting diluted down to to, to, to nothing effectively because you're, you're, you're increasing the enterprise value on each occasion. Correct. And it's, it's sort of quite a good concept to have mansion contract which actually gave you I assume it's based on milestones, etc., but it gave you equity, which is no can't be diluted. You you stay stayed whole, W-H-O-L-E, the whole time. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So, in a conceptual sense, and I always say this, it's better to be a smaller, have a smaller percentage of a much larger business or much larger value business, than it is to say as a bigger percentage of a much smaller business. And the reason I say that is because of risk. Yes. So. The smaller you are, the less capital base you have. You might own 100% of that, but you've got a lot more risk because in a business like yours, where it's technology and it's fast-moving um, and changing, mm. you need to have the capital and the, the, cap- the capital base to be able to do the development. Otherwise, someone's just going to come and take your idea, jump in and go ahead of you real fast, right. like literally overnight. You could you could be out the door. Correct. So you need to have um, a big – you need to have big partners with the ability to put more capital in, but you need to have a good amount of capital in your business to stay, up, stay ahead of the rest, mm. which c- continues to increase your enterprise value. And, that mean, and if that means you've got you know, 20% of something worth a billion dollars as opposed to 100% of something worth uh, $200 million, I think it's a much better business. That's the way I look at it. I just made numbers up. But that's, mm. I, both are $200 million, mm. but the billion-dollar business is much, is, and with balance sheet is much more better equipped to fight the $200 million business.
1: Or our investors are invested.
0: Yeah, and, and investors are invested at the same time. Mm. So, and they're there to help you. Right. Because otherwise you're out just out on your own. Correct. And you get picked off like that quite easily.
1: Mm.
0: What do you think the future of solar power – let's take solar power. What do you think of the future of batteries is in this country? And where do you think batteries are going? I mean, batteries are a big game. Too. I mean, Tesla hasn't got a car. He's got a battery. So mm. it's not even his really. But um, – so, yeah, you know, but he's done great things with yeah, it yeah, yeah, in yeah. a marketing sense. So, what do you think of how how big a role a battery is going to play at a domestic level?
1: I think I mean <clears throat> let's uh save sky-rises for a moment and just say in more kind of um single home yeah. kind of dwellings, that kind of thing. Uh, significant. Um I think that you'd find that um with this commoditization that is this kind of you know, as greater volume is coming into market, uh, we're going to see significant cost reductions. Those cost reductions will mean year on year homes will be consuming a greater degree of their own generation, um, and uh, and it will it will slowly um, it'll slowly remove the the um, that kind of that revenue that that a a retailer per se or a a generator really um, or even a transmission. Um, kind of the, the transmission wire companies um, will will um, over time be disintermediated. Um, so, so I mean, like I think that- yeah, because, and
0: I think you need to tell everyone what that means. Because really, the the retailers, let's call it, you know, electric electric companies, who we buy power company, we buy power from. When you when you say disintermediate, I think everyone needs to understand they're an intermediary. They don't necessarily generate the power. Correct. But they they get the power from power plants and other places, and they put it into one spot. Mm. aggregate it, Mm. and then they're an intermediary. Like banks aren't. Banks are intermediaries. They take deposits from you and they lend to – you know, they take deposits from you short term and lend to you long term. Sure. They pay lots of deposits and they lend to one person. Yep. Um, They're an intermediary. In your case, what you're talking about is retailers are intermediaries. They collect the power from all different places and Mm. they sell it to a whole lot of other people, like consumers. What you mean by disintermediate, what that means is that if we, the consumer – the people who ordinarily buy from the retailer generate our own power, we have disintermediated the intermediary. Correct. In other words, we've eliminated their, their role. They, they, they get disintermediated, which is sort of what happens in lots of industries, mm. especially with oligopolies or monopolies in particular. They, get, they can get disintermediated. That's so, the biggest risk.
1: So what needs to happen is, effectively, these retailers have to change their model. There right. needs to be a new retail model. right? Or there needs to be a new engagement model, effectively. And I think that is the... That's the evolution, that's the excitement that we'll see in the next few years as just by force um, um, the 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 market uh, brings cost down for consumers and puts consumers back into the central position, which they should have been all along, which is that we are, at the end of the day, serving consumers' needs. We're in control. And we're in control
0: Yeah, 100%. individually. Empowerment. Empowerment. So uh, can I ask you this question because I'm going to give you a chance to ask me a question in a second, but I just want a <laughs> question. Can you see a day – when I'm building a a house in where I'm building it you know like a single dwelling, and I'm either making a decision what I, what sort of roof material I'm going to have i'm going to have tiles or I'm going to have a corrugated iron can you see a day when the whole thing's integrated like in other words, the tiles are actually the solar panels
1: i, I think I think that I mean that question's already been answered Tesla is doing that in the states and the like is that right but, yeah but but I, but I think that you'll find um anywhere that that you slice it that putting in panel based uh, Solar panels um, will be the lowest cost option from now until, unless there's a step change in technology in some way, shape, or form. Because um,
0: right now, I, I see it as I put my roof on, yep. and then I put another roof over the top, which is the panels. Yeah, I put another. So I'm thinking to myself, well, is there some way I could just do it once? Yeah. Um, It'd, and, be nice. yeah, It'd be nice. You know, yeah. You know, like if you went along to ColorBond, you said to ColorBond, <laughs> listen, I've designed a, a new system of putting in whatever it is. I mean, I don't understand how the technology works, but I put it in your ColorBond uh, sheeting. Sure. And the color guy can be the installer. So just,
1: I'll give you two answers to that question. Yeah. Firstly, it's all about economies of scale, right? You've got, um, I'll say some numbers of volume of power that's being done and you'll have no idea what I'm talking about, but you've got about 100 gigawatts of production capacity globally. That's about, um, that's about um, maybe two to three times the total power consumption of California. It's about I guess that would be about twice the consumption, more than twice the consumption of all of Australia, probably significantly more, Um, but being produced by factories every year. Now, you'd need to get that level into shingles, and you'd have to get also the ability for solar to not derate with heat, Mm -hmm. because today, crystalline-based silicon, if there's some new materials that are done that don't have a reduction of generation with heat— then that's another thing because you need airflow to reduce the or the heat of those tiles and and the like and then also every tile that you connect to one another would have to have a connection and that would add cost. Right. And that would so it would get away from that commoditizable building block if you will. Mm-hmm. So these things all need and I'm sure <clears> that there's a lot of smart people working on that but but I think it'll be a while yet before that occurs.
0: Okay. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Um but, and what's your vision? Where where do you think it's all going to end up? I mean, where um, would you like Rayback to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that more and more um, now that we're we've kind of built this hardware apparatus, more and more we'll we'll be pulling back into software that controls things, um, controls things for networks, controls things for enabling a retailer 2.0 experience mm-hmm. um, for an aggregator that wants to think outside the box, um, and then um, and then also um, continuing uh, to to cost reduce. These technologies, because you know, I mean, back to the beginning of the career, this is a passion, and we are now enabling decentralized energy in a meaningful way and empowering consumers accordingly.
0: So, it's interesting. Um, you just mentioned aggregator. So, if your software could go and gather out of Campbelltown, wherever the area is, all the extra power you, um, that we're not using, someone doesn't use it, that's stored. You're, you're suggesting that maybe through um, use use of the internet and you know um, you could uh, an aggregator could be formed, which basically is an intermediary, which uh, harvests all the stuff that's stored of everybody in the area that doesn't get used, and then push it out to somewhere else. Could be an algorithm.
1: Yeah. Instead of a company.
0: Correct. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it could be. Uh, yeah. Correct. Lots of possibilities through software. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, I I love it. Um. hopefully everybody who's listening to this is sort of getting as excited as we are. Um, It sort of sounds dry, but it's actually pretty cool. And it's in an intellectual sense. It's uh, interesting to think about all the possibilities. Phil, what one question have you got for me?
1: How do you balance? I mean, so I travel a lot. All right. So how do you balance family in a
0: meaningful way? Uh, I'm, I, I have to tell you, I'm not that successful that sort of stuff. But uh, uh, it's it's not you don't balance it. You don't set up the beginning of the year and say, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do for the year." It's always rebalancing, so you're always reassessing your position. So, okay, this week um, I didn't spend much time with my family because I've been in wherever I've been. I need to make good, mm. so I think it's more about making good mm. and rebalancing, and being really conscious of that. And yep. continually rebalancing and rebalancing and rebalancing and and sometimes and and I think it's also important. So the starting point is your family understand what you do, right? And that they buy in mm. to it. I mean, everybody's got to buy into it. Yeah. And and that they also buy in that you will be rebalancing and 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 continually reassessing and trying to do your best to make good. Mm. If they get that, and I think that's really important. Mm. And the little kids, like really little kids, they they're, they're abstract concepts, mm. they just say, well, dad wasn't here for the Easter parade and everyone else's dad was. Mm. But I think you need to, in my case anyway, what I used to do is I used to go out of my way to overact or over theatricize when I was with them. Right. And now I don't know whether they did that out of guilt. I wasn't conscious of being a rebalancer.
1: Okay. I
0: can say that now in on reflection. Yep. Um, but I wasn't conscious of that. I, I, but I I sort of was probably doing out of guilt, to be frank with you. Mm. Um, and, and so they would have – it was a bit bipolar for them. In other words, it was one period that have lots of dad and lots of energy from dad. Yep. I wouldn't be – when I'm with them, I wouldn't be hanging around, sitting on the couch watching television and right. saying, just go then do your homework or go then draw a picture or something like that. I would actually overact. Yep. And I would be totally – Consuming them and me joking around, mucking around, trying to do things that they would remember. Is that your advice? That's my advice. Okay. I, I don't know how to balance it, and okay. I don't think anyone does. I think everyone is an individual, and mm. you must be. But you must have everybody the, on the same page. They must all understand. Particularly the mum or your partner. Yep. They must understand what you're doing because they've got to fill the gaps in for you yep. when you're not there. Yep. And then they've got to be prepared to hand it over to you when you do get there. Yeah, I get it. And there's, there's no. I don't know anybody. I do. I know. I do. I know a couple of people who are very good at it. Um, Daniel Peter is a, is brilliant at it. But he went and became a, a child psychologist. I mean, he's an <laughs> ex Microsoft guy. Then went and did a degree in child psychology. Okay. And then wrote a book about it. Right. But he took three or four years off. Right. And he probably did it out of guilt. I've never really asked him the question for that. But now he's back into you know he runs a, 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 a VC fund, a big one here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And probably he's got more money and he has, therefore, the ability to employ more people. Mm. Over time, as you become, you draw more money out of this and you can employ more people to do some of the things that you ordinarily would do, mm. you then will give back. Right. But I can look at my kids now. They're not scarred. They're, you know, they're all young men today. And uh, none of them are, ever say, oh, dad never saw you enough. I mean, they, they they know there was I wasn't there a lot of the time, but they're not scarred because they know I tried. Right. And I continually tried. And I still do it. I still do it today. Even to this very day, my, my sons are in there from 26 to 36. Hmm. And I still go out of my way to spend time with them. Yep. It, it doesn't stop.
1: That's good advice.
0: Mate, thank you. I loved it. It was very good. I love the name Redback in particular. And, I, and you being American, you've adopted a name like Redback. I think that's <laughs> brilliant. You're now an Aussie, officially. Yes. And uh, totally officially. And you're doing something as very Australian. Apart from being entrepreneurial, that's also very American, but it's very Australian, and you're doing something that is particularly um, valuable in this country, given you know our ge- geography. So, well done, congratulations! Cheers. Nice to meet you, Phil. Nice to meet you as well.